this is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara. And today, if you've looked at the title of our podcast, it's Love It, Hate It, which may seem very controversial as as people who don't like to ever say we don't like something. Yep. Online, I should say. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. We say it to each other. <laughs> exactly. So I will say that we're going to start, though, with what is kind of going on in our lives, because you told me something right before we started recording that I'm very excited about for you. So what are you doing? I started doing some watercolor painting last week. I know I've been thinking the last few months that I wanted to do something new creatively. Like I just, I felt the need to like do something new and I wasn't sure what, and I've gone back and forth, back and forth. I I was going to build miniatures at one point. I was like, I had a list and I'm like, I'm going to build miniatures. And then I'm like, where the hell am I going to like, excuse my language. Where the (laughs) hell am I going to like store these miniatures? I'm like, that's ridiculous, Tara. Stop it. And then I realized I always, when I was younger, uh, when I was a kid, I loved drawing. I've always wanted to paint. Yeah. And I follow uh, a watercolor painter on Instagram. I think her name is Andrea Nelson. And she just does like beautiful, colorful, animated paintings that just and she gives little tutorials and stuff like this. So I, I've started drawing like every now and then I will during work meetings that are virtual, I will grab my sketch pad and I've just had fun drawing, which I love because I've stopped putting pressure on myself for something to look like how it's actually supposed to look. Mm-hmm. and just doodling and then I've also uh purchased one of this um Andrea Nelson I believe that's her name has online virtual classes wow. so I purchased one of those and the classes are like always there like they don't disappear you can do it at your own pace and watercoloring just requires like paper you know the proper paper a paintbrush and paints and you're like ready to go and it's so much fun I'm like I can't wait to do it again this weekend. I'm doing it again. It's just fun. That is just amazing. A couple things. When you said you were looking for a new creative outlet, I'm I'm sure most people know by now that you also do knitting because Mm -hmm. you've talked about that before in the past. So are you no longer knitting really or? Like I'm I'm still knitting, but not a lot because I have always, my knitting time has been in the evenings. And I have found that as I'm getting older, I am more tired in the evenings. And when I used to like not be able to just sit there and watch TV when I was like, I have to have something to do. I must need, I must be doing something. I can't just sit here. I am actually pretty happy just sitting there and watching TV now. So like in the evenings, like I'm just like, I really just want to like mellow out and just watch TV or work on my jigsaw puzzle. So I'm like, I really. I really think I might be 72. <laughs> well, I'm not 72 yet, but I have to yep. laugh because I just bought a new jigsaw puzzle yep. and it is, oh my gosh, the Mexican author, I mean, the Mexican oh, artist. Frida? 
Yes, Frida Kahlo. Yeah. Jeez, I yeah. couldn't think of her name. I would say like, oh, you know, with the eyebrows. But anyway, th- but it's a really weird puzzle. The puzzle pieces are weird shapes. Oh, and so yes. you can't even get the outline. And I only yeah. do 500 pieces. I do not do less or more. 500 is good for me. Yep. And so I kind of like, this puzzle is just too hard. I can't yeah, get the outline. Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's, that's tough. I was going to say like the, my mom is 72. Sorry, mom. My mom is 72 and she, <laughs> yeah. she might be 73. Sorry again, mom. But anyways, she doesn't care. Uh, she doesn't do puzzles. So why am I be you know, like there are 22 year olds who do puzzles. That's Doing true. puzzles that's is true. awesome. It's so much fun. I, yeah. again, something I've always wanted to do and I've really embraced it the past year and a half and I'm really like doing my puzzles and I'm finding knitting in the evening is requiring a little too much makes my eyes tire require tired requiring a little too much attention that I don't always have so yeah but the painting obviously I'm not doing it at nighttime I'm doing it in the in the afternoon sometime and just yeah it's so exciting that is so cool it is so yeah uh well you'll probably get a bookmark yay I know because I'm like I, I'm not doing it for the purpose of it looking good or anything, but I'm like, people are going to get cards and it's yep. going to be my watercolors and it ain't going to be pretty, but it is going to be beautiful. It, <laughs> it will. Weird, and but, right? it, you know, it will be beautiful and it will be personal and that's the best thing. Yeah. And I, and I will send you now that I'm, I have a little more time and I want to get back to my collage work and I will send you a card. Cause I did say that I would send you one and I haven't done that yet. So, and I also owe one to, uh, Colleen, because I told her I would send her one as well, and I didn't get that done. So, oh, Colleen will get a watercolor bookmark as well. Yay, that's very <laughs> cool. So, what are you currently reading? Okay, I'm going to bring my latest poetry Ooh, to tonight. Okay. I know. So, it is The Meaning of Leaving by Kate Rogers. So, Ontario poet. I believe it comes out later in February. So, I got an advance, like a copy from the author herself and the publisher through river street writing they sent it to me mm-hmm. it's a beautiful cover here oh, i saw that somebody else oh. posted about it recently and it's a gorgeous cover oh yeah. rebecca i yeah. know you're not a poetry person but you mm-hmm. want to read this okay it's so good it is like i picked it up so i think i got it two days ago like uh the evening what is today today is thursday so i got it Tuesday evening, mm-hmm. Wednesday morning, I picked it up with my coffee and I'm like, oh, I'll read one poem. And I was like, in. It's the kind of poetry book I actually want to fly through, which yeah. generally for poetry, I like to like sample one or two and put it back. But it is, it's fantastic. Yeah. She oh like, it's like constant gut punches and kicks and pulling the hair out, but it is so good. Oh, wow. So good. So highly recommend The Meaning of Leaving by Kate Rogers. If anyone wants to like, it's also very accessible. Like you're, it's accessible in that you're going to just want to jump in. Her language is open. You know what she's talking about, but it's beautiful language. It is essentially about her leaving different, really horrible situations in her lifetime. uh, An abusive relationship, uh, marriage father like a child uh, I feel like it's a childhood with quite a bit of trauma in it it's really good yeah it's beautiful yeah somebody else just posted about it and I thought I actually even looked up the title because I thought first of all that cover looks beautiful and then whatever they wrote about it was really 
lovely. And so I did yep. kind of look at it. I, did, I have to admit, I did see it was poetry and then I went, eh, but I'm going to let you let me know if yes. you think by the time you're finished with it, if you think I might enjoy that. Yeah. I will like one of the poems, I'm not going to read it out because it's a longer poem, mm-hmm. but it is called The Passing of Sean Connery. And it has a quote from him, which has become quite popular, which I think, unfortunately, I did not really realize before he passed, which was, I don't think there is anything particularly wrong in hitting a woman, though I don't recommend you do it the same way you hit a man. So that's what starts her poem. Wow. Yeah. And it is, it's about her marriage. I didn't know he said that, but yeah, that's interesting. So. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's a ride. It's not, it's not daffodils in a field. Yeah. Yeah. It's bruises. Now. Okay. Our podcast, love it, hate it. Why are we discussing this today? Yeah. Do you want me to explain? Absolutely. where this came it. from? Okay. Yeah. You started <laughs> the whole. Did. You started the whole thing, but I I love this concept that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. So go for it. Okay. So uh, as we all know, Canada Reads is just around the corner, and Rebecca and I like to read at least the short list prior to the competition. One of the books on the short list is Meet Me at the Lake by Carly Fortune, uh, a romance. Rebecca tried it. And it wasn't for you, so you passed on it. Yes. But I was like, oh, I'm gonna. It was on my to be on my TBR, so I'm gonna read it anyways, and then I'll report back to you. Yes. So I did. I did read it, <laughs> and I will, like, and in defense of the book, I did give it three stars because I read it. I started it. I wanted to know the story, like I wanted to know what happened, and I finished it. However. Three stars is not great for me. Like I generally, I don't read a lot of three star books because I think I give them up at that point. But this, the the plot just was like, you know, potato chips. You wanted to keep going to see what happens. So once I was finished, I'm like, okay, time to report to Rebecca. And I left you at <laughs> least three 10 minute voicemails about what I did not like about the book yes. and going like I would lead the first one. I was like, okay. I finished the book. Here it is. Bloop. Verbal diarrhea. And I stopped it and I sent it. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait, I have something to add. Here's another. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, wait. And there's also this. Like it was. And Rebecca's, she loves voicemails. I loved it. Yeah. It was fabulous. Because I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I've just like bombarded you with this book. But. She was, you know, very gracious about it. Well, I loved it because I think it's probably one of the most detailed discussions of a book that, well, it wasn't a discussion because it was one-sided, but (laughs) it was one of the most detailed descriptions of a book someone didn't like. And I, it, it, it just made me start thinking about a million other things about the fact that we were having this discussion. So I... I felt like I had read the book after you were done because you did give great descriptive reasons for why it wasn't your favorite book. And I really enjoyed that. So then we ended up, you know, having this bigger discussion. Yeah. 
because we were then like, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And, and then I was like, well, why was I able to talk for 30 minutes about a book that I didn't like, like, and tell you the reasons, very specific reasons why I didn't like it. But when we talk generally about a book we love, we'll just be like, oh my God, I love this book so much. It was beautiful. Everyone must read it. And then yeah. you kind of like, well, I must sing. That's so true. Cause I think about if you go back and probably listen to all the podcasts and, and say, what did she say specifically? I'm talking about myself. What did Me she too. specifically say why she liked the book? It would be, oh, it's so beautiful language. I love the character. I mean, yeah. it's so less descriptive about why we love something versus why we, well, I don't, I'd say hate, but we just yeah. called it, love so, it, hate it, but yeah. why we hated something or why we didn't like something strongly. Right. Because I didn't hate Meet Me at the Lake because I yeah. did finish it. Like I did want to know what happened. And I also think that if I had read it outside of Canada Reads, mm -hmm. I may have had less issue with it. Like I think I was reading it with with the mirror, the focus that it's on, the short list, mm -hmm. that maybe other books got pushed aside for this one to be on the short list and also in the theme of resilience and the one book for all of Canada to read. So that kind of did shift my focus a little bit as well, I think. But still, it led to this. Yeah. So what we said, what we decided to do today was to bring each of us bring a book, two books, a book we quote hated or really didn't like, and a book we really loved. And we wanted to be able to explain why we didn't like it or why we loved it with a little bit more emphasis or ability to articulate why we really liked something. Because I think most of us, I think what you did was exactly what probably everybody does with their friends. Well, some people mm -hmm. put it online, which we wouldn't, I wouldn't do. And I know no. you wouldn't do no. because again, we really respect authors and they work so hard and I can't write a book. So they do something I can't even do. So I would never bash them like I would never put it in writing. And even though we're going to talk about this on the podcast, we're trying to illustrate the point of we often will say a lot more in detail about what we didn't like versus what we liked. And that was kind of what we wanted to flesh out a little bit. Yeah. And I think we both agreed too at one point that I think part of why we don't share more about why we like a book is because we don't want to spoil it mm -hmm. for anyone, you know, whereas when I was telling Rebecca about Meet Me at the Lake, I knew she wasn't going to read it, but yet she wanted to know about it. So I didn't mind. I knew she wanted spoilers. Yeah. So I was like, all oh, in there to give her the spoilers kind of thing. Whereas I think sometimes we're afraid to say too much about a book. So mm -hmm. instead of saying, you know, I loved it when this happened, or I love that this was the ending, bop, 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 where we don't really want to say that. Yeah. And I think a perfect example of that actually is Denison Avenue, because somebody, one of our friends even said to me, oh, you didn't even mention this when you reviewed the book on your podcast. And I said, well, it's because that piece of information to me, I didn't know it was going to happen. Maybe if I had read The Dust Jacket, I really would have known it was coming, but I didn't know. And I love to be completely surprised so that I just am so absorbed in a story. And so I didn't share that part either. And it's kind of how the book starts, you know, what happens yeah. in the beginning, right? And I just didn't want to say anything to ruin it for someone else because I loved not knowing that in the beginning. So I do agree with you that partly 
why we don't go into great detail is because we don't want to have spoilers. Mm -hmm. So in this case, we will say up front, we are going to have spoilers today, right? I mean, are you going to have spoilers? Yes. I'm going to try and keep it not too spoilery, but there might be something. I will agree that I'm doing the same because one of the books I want to talk about, you haven't read yet and you want to. So I am going to be very more careful than I would be if I, if I knew you had read it. So we will say mild spoiler alert. So when you hear us talking about these particular four books, we'll leave it up to you to make that decision how far into the discussion you go. How's that? Yeah. So do you want to go first and how do you want to, do you want to start with what you loved, what you didn't love? Let's go with, because I'm making, I made my choice pretty easy. I I went with, let's go with the book that I didn't like or that didn't work for me because I hate to say I didn't like it because again, I finished it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, so I'm going to start and no, no surprise. It's going to be meet me at the lake by Carly (laughs) fortune because it's the most recent one that didn't work for me. Right. This was like a really interesting exercise though, because I, uh, Rebecca and I decided to not shred it down, but like pare it down. That's the word to three points for each book. Mm -hmm. And obviously I had more than three points. Oh, I, I gave it to Rebecca. Oh, I have four. Can... Okay, oh. go ahead. Mm. Okay. Mm, I'm not sure about four. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I tried to like, it was a really interesting exercise for both because it mm-hmm. made me think of why a book doesn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, another book that I'm reading at the moment, so not my poetry book, may also not be working for me. And I'm trying mm. to, yeah. I'm trying to think a little more critically about why it's not working and in the past, what has not worked for me. Yeah. I just started it today. So it's like not even, it wasn't even a planned, obviously not planned. Mm -hmm. I don't plan to read a book I didn't like, but in this case I did. Okay. So let's, sorry, let's get back to meet me at the lake. So my first big issue with this one is that I think the, issue the problem the conflict between the two main characters are like love interests could have been resolved if they had just spoken truthfully to each other that's a there and, and then I know you don't have a story but if that right, right. and yeah. so which is that then I'm like okay so I I couldn't not get away there were so many times in the book when I'm just like, why did he not tell her this? And why did he not tell her this? It was just, there were so many times when he was just, would not speak to her and just would blatantly say, I can't tell you. Well, why fuck not? I'm like, why not? I have to jump in here and I'll tell yeah. you why not. I'll give you a reason why not. Okay. One of the things, I listen to two things on TikTok every day obsessively. One of them is Veronica and the Baby Boo. I'm just saying, if you've never listened to them, go check out Veronica and the Baby Boo, Talking Cats. They're hilarious. The other thing I listen to is, I think it's Meg Tran, I think is her is her account name, but it's a second date update. So people who didn't, who went on a first date, basically, and then ghosted mm-hmm. somebody, right? Yeah. And here's what I've learned in listening to this for a year now obsessively there must be like five six of them every day i listen to people don't communicate with each other so i hate to tell you but it turns okay, they out they just don't do it they just don't and that's why almost every time we do they do a call meg will say in the comments 
if they would just communicate, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I, so I think, yeah, I think that's normal. I hate, to, which oh. I agree with you. If I read that, I'd be like, for God's sakes, just speak to each other. Just tell, tell her why you didn't say hi to her at the lake when you were supposed to meet. Yeah. Spoiler, he doesn't say hi. Like, oh you know, gosh. and spoiler, like, this is not a spoiler. It's a romance. So they get together at the end and she gives him a pass. Ugh. All of this previous behavior. She just says, if you just apologize, It'll be oh, fine. Wow. I'm like, really? We're just <laughs> giving them. <laughs> really? Yep. So that was my first problem with it. And obviously not first because it was just throughout the whole book. Two, I found the main character. I could not, I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. She had a lot of body image, image centered statements that were negative towards both herself and towards her best friend who had just had a baby. And I didn't find that they neither, they didn't move the plot forward and they didn't reveal character. Like, I, I don't know why it was necessary for her to say that her best friend who had just had a baby a few months before looked a little sweaty, had lost some hair around the hairline and looked even worse than she thought she did. Like, I, I that just kind of, bugged me they were just like little boop boop so Mm -hmm. i'm like that wasn't necessary third the ending nice you know obviously they get together yeah but i don't know how spoilery but they shouldn't have right in your opinion they shouldn't have no and then it's all wrapped up at the end like a really nice little bow Uh, i don't want to spoil it for anyone but you know like it's just like it's it's a romance. So, I mean, everybody, romance. let's face it, we all expect that they get, they live yeah. happily ever after, right? I mean, really. So it's just, and you find like a little, right, a little nugget at the end and you're supposed to be like, oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told right? me, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just, like, that's a big, I, I feel like I, I don't really want to spoil that because if someone is reading the book, that's at the very end and it's supposed to be this special moment. Wasn't a special moment for me. I felt like it just fed into what women are supposed to fit themselves into in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So the, what I, my takeaway from all of what you talked about was perhaps that thing at the end, had that been incorporated into the story and that was sort of, you understood that as a reader from kind of even not necessarily at the beginning, but let's say halfway through, then it's something that could have, you could have been like, oh, okay, I can see mm-hmm. where, why this is a theme and I can see where you're going with it. But yeah, it just, for me, I just felt like, I hate to say this, but this is what it sounded like. I'm just going to say, I didn't read it. I did read the first chapter and I was like, I, I just can't continue, but I just feel like it's propaganda for women. Yeah. It's romantic propaganda where women are supposed to excuse bad behavior or whatever in the name of love. And that that's actually kind of often one of my issues with romance novels is that if you broke it down into real life and this was your best friend who was having this relationship, would you really be encouraging them to follow through in whatever? Or would you be, or let's say not say your best friend, because maybe you you don't want to tell your friend the truth, but your own sister, let's say, right? And you'd be like, what the hell? Get away from that person or whatever. But sometimes, and I know romance, you know, is a genre that is very hopeful and whatever. But I just feel like I see so many amazing relationships again on TikTok. I watch a lot of TikTok, but 
But I see so many what appear to be amazing relationships where people have evolved into a new way of being. And it's not that old fashioned sort of romance style that we're that we've been sold. That's how I feel. But yeah. Sorry about that. That's my uh, some of my issues. No, about No, romances. it's a good take. And also she found his elbow sexy. Come on. Elbows aren't (laughs) sexy. Elbows are not sexy. Okay. But back in the day, this is the part of like a wrist. I loved a a man's wrist. I'm not not going to lie. But an elbow, elbow, especially if it's not, if it's from behind and it's like your arm is straight down. Oh, elbows are terrible looking from like, yeah, (laughs) Mm -mm. I love it. Oh my god, that is hilarious. Okay. But now I will give a um, positive. I love okay. I would have loved to I would love to know the story between her mother and her mother's best friend, which was only hinted at. We got a little bit of it. That's a story, that's a love story that I would love to have. A love story as opposed to a romance where they just like bone. I want a love yeah. story. That's what I, okay, you just said something that I will now say, okay, brace yourselves, everybody. I will say this from the beginning, from now until I die, which is, that's what I want. I want a love story, but I don't want a romance. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I love that phrase. I'm going to remember it. So, okay. Okay, your turn. Okay, so I'm going to be more bold than Tara here. Okay. Because I hated this book. (laughs) I hated this book so much, and I hated this book, and it's the first time that I can ever think of in my life that I hated a book written by an author that I love, whose work I love. I just don't even remember ever doing this. It is. Road Ends by Mary Lawson. And I even went back and looked to see if I ever talked about it on the podcast, and I did, I think I made reference to not liking it. A few times, but I never did actually discuss it. And the reason I didn't is because I hate it. <laughs> and A, I didn't want to spoil, do spoilers about why I hated it. And also, I love Mary Lawson. I just yeah. think she is amazing. I have loved her other two or three books that I've read, and I still think I have one more to go. But I'll be careful in talking about this one. You know what? Well, I'm okay with spoilers. Don't worry about me. No, no. I really, no, because I really want to see when you read it, if you come back, okay. come away with the same concept or same yeah. idea that I had about it. So I'm going to be kind of careful. But here's the thing. I did give it three stars because I think if you were just to strip away the story, kind of, I hate to say it that way, but if you stripped away the story, Mary Lawson's writing is beautiful. It is quiet. It's descriptive. She's writing about rural Ontario in a small town. And I love all of that. And that's one of the reasons I love her. So I did give it three stars. But every time I think about this book, I get angry. So here's here's the thing. I think, number one, it is really misogynistic. I mean, it is like really, really misogynistic. Now, it is. It covers a three-year period in the '60s. I think it's like '64 to '68-7 or something like that. And it's a story told about three people in a family: a father, and a daughter, and a son. Although they they're both adults, the children are adults, and they are a very dysfunctional family. So I would love to talk to Mary Lawson respectfully and say, is part of the reason it feels so misogynistic because? The world was more misogynistic in the 60s. Like, is Mm -hmm. that kind of why this is the way it is? But even the way 
the males treat the females in the story and there's one of the son has a a relation well relationship with a, a female or I can't remember if he actually does have a relationship or not but anyway there's this experience and he talks about anyway it was just so foul how he talked about her and how he treated her so it's to me it's misogynistic number two none of the males in the story are held accountable for anything and I mean to tell you the things they did and didn't do were appalling because again this is a really dysfunctional family Number four, this story is very dark, and these are people who lived really painful, awful lives. Now, if you read the reviews, I did find a couple of reviews that agreed with me and said what I would say about it. All the rest of them, it was kind of funny, actually. A lot of them have said, wow, this is really dark and depressing, but I love Mary Lawson. I love how she writes about dysfunctional families, et cetera. Etc. So going into it, don't think you're reading a happy family story uh, because you are not. And then the last part is, I am sorry, but even the New York Times, I think it was, wrote a review that said something like, not, they didn't use the word hope, but they almost led you to believe like there's, there's going to be some kind of an uplift at the end. And I am telling you right now, that book had zero hope in my opinion. And so I, I read it and I finished it because it's Mary Lawson and I'm going to. And I kept thinking, I need to know what happens to Meg, the daughter. And I just hate this story so much. And when I read some of the reviews, I thought, okay, I can see what people are saying and why they gave it five stars, a lot of five stars. But I thought, I just 100% disagree. I can't even, I can't even... I, I, and even a three to me is really generous because what I'd like to do is give it a one, but I won't do that. So mm. I know. I did not realize you hated it. That Like I knew you were I disappointed in the ending. I hated it. I did it. not realize you had such strong feelings. I hated the story, mm -hmm. but the writing is still beautiful. The yeah. writing is Mary Law. Everything about it. And that's why I say I, there are a ton of five-star reviews, people that loved it. But I just could not get past I, – I, it's kind of odd. There were parts of it that I identified with personally, mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's why I had such a visceral, strong reaction to it, mm -hmm. uh, but not to the degree that – I mean, my God, these people were really like – when you – oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. They're awful people. How old is the book? Like, when was it published? Do you know? That's really interesting. Let me look it up really quick because it wasn't – I don't think it's been that long ago. Uh, let me look it up really quick here. Published in 2013. Yeah. So 10 years. It's, it's not super old, but... That's the other thing I thought about is, you know, would she write the same story today? Mm -hmm. But again, it's set in the 60s, so maybe yeah. that was part of her point. But even the New York Times doesn't mention it, and no one seems to mention except for a few reviews I found that totally said what I would have said in a re written review. Interesting. I can't wait till you read it. And I know I, whenever you get to it, but it's, I just wonder if you will look at me and go, what the fuck are you, sorry, what the heck are you thinking? <laughs> I think I already used the F-bomb already. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, what, what were you thinking here? So why are you so like, why do you hate this book so much? But I'll be curious if you, I don't think you will feel the same way I do. 
I don't I'm think I'm going to bump it up. Let's say by the spring. Let's say by Whoa. May. I'll have read it because okay. I'm like, I'm way behind on my uh, my little TBR stacks that I built here. But mm-hmm. I'm going to do it by the spring, before the summer. Or by the summer. Before the Just, summer. Before the yeah. summer. Yeah. There you go. Cool. I can't wait to hear what you think. Excellent. Interesting. Okay. For a book that I liked or that I enjoyed, like mm-hmm. really enjoyed, I chose The Double Life of Benson Yu by Ooh. Kevin Chong because this was almost a book that I wasn't sure if I was going to like. It was shortlisted for the Giller last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was intrigued by it, but I thought it could go either way. I could really like it mm-hmm. or I'm like, it could be a failure for me. Yeah. It was not a failure. I end up loving the book. Very dark. This was difficult when I, now I'm like, now I had to sit down and think of, I'm like three like reasons why I loved the book. Is this fiction? I can't remember. Is this a memoir? Yes. This is fiction. Okay, yeah. good. So, okay, let's go with the first point. The reason why I liked it, I liked the structure. I like how he, uh, his writing style and the structure. So he had both the past, was the first part of the book was the past in the 80s. And then you kind of time warped to the, the second half of the book was the present. But elements from the past were worked into it. So I really liked that. There were multiple POVs because you went from, you, you got the point of view of Benny, who was, I think, about 12 years old. So like a pre-adolescent young boy uh, living in Chinatown in Vancouver in the 80s to you, who's present day an adult man, married with a child, graphic novelist, like comic book artist and stuff like this in the present and then the two came together. So you got both of their point of views at sometimes two crossed over, or you would also get first person and third person switching even within. I know it sounds really, uh, the first like 10 pages, I was like, ooh, what's going on? Because even in a paragraph, sometimes you would get first person switching over to third person in the same paragraph. I just decided to go with it. I'm really glad I did because it was part of the story like it was when mm-hmm. you got really got into it I realized that that switching POV and narratives first person third person was just part of telling you the story and I really liked when the structure can mirror the story or adds to it so I really liked that part of it yeah. I love the characters I really like a character in which I can become invested and I loved young Benny I wanted to hug Benny. I wanted to protect him. And there was a moment when he stands up and he fights for himself and I couldn't be prouder of Benny. And at the same time, uh, you made me angry. Like I was super angry and frustrated at some of the choices that you made and one in particular that he made that I will not say because this will be a big spoiler moment in it. But okay. so I was super angry with him, did not like him. However. Kevin Chong's writing, I was able to understand Yu's motivation for why he did what he did. Yeah. And it all stems back to childhood trauma. And I love that. If you can like give me a character that I don't like, but I understand mm-hmm. what's behind his motivation, his actions, yeah. then I, I really like that. 
And then I also love the meta effect. It was a book inside of a book and reality versus the story. And I have a little quote to show this. And I love this stuff. I really do. The quote, at some point after I've stirred the pot of real life with made up backstory, these semi-fictional beings always revolt against me, freeing themselves to make their own startling, self-defeating choices really I like I'm like that's just a cool line and I love that whole idea that you were just at you were you I did not know am I getting Benny's story is it you story is this the story story or versus real life like is this the comic book it's just a fantastic book you love non-traditional storytelling don't you think yes you love a different perspective a different writing style yeah. And this, um, I think I've only read four or five of the last year's Giller, but what I've read, they're all, there is a theme that last year's jury was really looking at the craft of writing and mm. playing with structure and stuff in last oh, year's. Yeah. At least in their short list, they were for sure. Yeah. So I'm interested to read the rest of the long list and see if it kind of that carries through, but I had a feeling it did. And what one last year? Um, study of or study for disobedience or study of disobedience. Yeah. And that one played a lot with storytelling and structure. Mm-hmm. Burnham Wood was another mm-hmm. one. Same thing that had like a different way of the, the structure was slightly different and a little non-traditional. There was a lot of. Yeah. That's all I can remember at the moment. Maybe because that's the only ones I've read, but. That's all you've read from last year? I no, think you read, so. I must have read, read more, more, but here, I'm going to stretch across and get my other book yeah. that I have the list in. I feel like you have read more. Oh, Girlfriend on Mars. Yeah, and that was also, that was a long list, not short listed. So that's the four that I've read. And that one was very different as well. I don't well. even remember that one. Did you ever talk about that one? I don't I think don't you know, did. because that was like back in September. It was a while ago that I read it. That's weird. I don't even remember that one. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So I will continue, but I got a feeling that's going to be a, a theme throughout that yeah. long list, the Gillers last year. Okay. What's yours? I'm sticking with the theme of love it, hate it. So I gave you one yep. I hated. I'm giving you one that I love. Nice. And I will not go into a lot of detail, but I do want to say again why I love this book so much. So I thought about Greenwood, five stars, mm. Michael Christie's Greenwood. You know, it was just... I it was on Canada Reads and it was on the Giller list. I mean, it was just amazing, right? Yeah. So here's what I loved about it. And this is, I think you made a point of saying, you know, going forward, you're going to think more about like why you don't, why something's not working for you. I I kind of am going to do the same things with whether I liked it or I didn't like it. I want to better articulate what I felt either way. So here's what I loved about Greenwood. I loved the language. I loved his writing. It was so quotable. I felt like there were so many things that he that he said in the book that I was highlighting so mm-hmm. many different things, right? Because yeah. I actually read it as a as an ebook and then I ended up I bought a copy because I just had to own it. He has memorable characters. I mean, Everett, brothers Everett and Harris to me were just characters that I will never forget. I'll forget their names because, you know, whatever, but I will not forget these two brothers, these two characters that were so amazing. Also within this story, I loved how 
and I inter- I was able to interview him, which I was really excited about, but the author, Michael Christie, and the imagery of the tree rings and how the family grows within the story because it starts out in the future, it then it goes into the present or the past. It kind of changes time periods as mm-hmm. he's telling the story. And just that imagery of the tree, you know, it's set in Vancouver, or the initially is set in the Vancouver in a forested, like a a forested area that's being protected, et cetera. But just that whole idea, just immediately the the book cover, everything about it just made me jump right in and feel that vibe that he was kind of giving us. And then also, in this case, I thought he did an amazing job of the balance between the painful and beautiful aspects of his characters' lives. Because there were things that I remember, like ugly crying about certain things, and then also just how beautiful and how painful the stories were, the backstories, but still how much I loved all these characters. And so I I think that's really, you know, I was kind of even thinking about, you know, Road Ends. I didn't have that feeling about the characters necess- well they're memorable certainly because I hated the book but it, it there was and, and and in this story there were painful horrible things that happened these families were dysfunctional they were very dysfunctional but in a way that made me care about the characters and not feel angry at the characters mm. so anyway that is what I loved about Greenwood yeah can I circle back and not to speak yeah. for you I also think that you loved the love story as opposed to the romance, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I remember you that, saying that. Yeah, because that's what I said. That's what I say, and, and thank you for bringing that up. Because when there's a a love story within a book that is not a romance book, those are the romance ones that I remember forever. Like I just, they just really hit me because they're natural. They feel real. I feel like I'm looking at real people having a, a real emotional connection versus, you know, a, a more formulaic kind of romance novel. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I will just say this. So going okay. forward, when we do review our books, because I think we did pretty good. I don't think we gave any real spoilers here. No. And I don't think we were like mean, like unnecessarily mean. Yeah. Well, I might be a little mean by saying I hate that book. Yeah. And I'm, I was nitpicking with the elbow thing too, but you know. <laughs> okay. But that's legit. I'm sorry, but, but I, yeah. I totally agree with you. And especially when you get older, I don't know how old the characters were, but as you get older, elbows are really like, oh, no. Yeah. They go downhill fast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm older. Like toes. I can say that. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. But it's a privilege to get older. I will say that. I I do. I do believe it too. Yeah, I believe yeah. that. Going forward, I really want to be able to better articulate to all of you why I really loved something. And I don't know that I've ever done that because I do. When As soon as you said that, that when we were talking, you said like, oh, when we say like, oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> I loved it because it was so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, God, I feel like that's what I say about like probably 90% of the books yeah, that I love, too. right? Oh, it's so beautiful. Be- writing is so beautiful. So I thought I'm going to make more effort to better explain what I love or what I don't love about a book. Me too. And th- trying to think more critically mm-hmm. about it all. Even like when I don't like a book, instead of just being like, bah, throwing it down, be like, okay, Tara, why did you not like yeah. this book? I will say this, though. Don't you agree that 
when we don't really like a book, I mean, I'll DNF a book I'm not liking. Yeah, me too. I was committed to Mary Lawson, so there was no way I wasn't going to read it. Yeah. But I went back and even started looking at the books I didn't like. And I don't really have that many books I didn't like because if I'm not enjoying it, I just DNF. Yeah, me too. That's why That's why I'm like, I'm going to stick with Meet Me at the Lake, even though I kind of said my thing at the beginning too. I'm like, I got to stick with this because it's my most recent didn't like. Like, I think I was going way back Yeah. several months and I was like, eh, I can't remember why I didn't like it because I didn't take notes on it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. And that's why yeah. this... For me, I this is I haven't felt this strongly about a book because again, if I'm not liking it, I just stop. I yeah. just I'm like I don't have time for this. So actually, that's true. The ones that I looked when I looked back that I didn't like, I hadn't actually finished either. Yeah. So I couldn't really. This was the best one. Okay, so well, we hope that you got something out of our discussion, and we would love to know: Are there books that you've loved or books that you've hated to the point where you've you had to say something to your your family members, your friends, your book club, yeah. whatever. I'm sure we've all had that experience. Tell us too. We want to know too. Put it in the comments. What book did you not like? Hate. Wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> and happy reading. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading. <laughs>